good morning, church. The whole purpose of that is, hey, we have some fun things next weekend. We want to invite you to be a part of that. Amen? Amen. Amen. So um, let's take a moment and pray and kind of have a standalone message here, see how far we get this morning, and want to welcome all those that are tuned in online. We speak God's blessing. Uh, Last week, we had uh, other nations involved that watched from Sri Lanka and, and overseas uh, watching our service and just congratulating us and thanking us. And once again, I just want to thank all those that have sacrificed and given up their time and labor. And, and uh, it's just was across the board. Uh, the church stepped in and even those outside the church and new guests and visitors that have uh, volunteered their time and their labor to, to help in this building. And so I'm so thankful for the Lord for that. And, and God remembers. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I humble myself before you, and I recognize that in and of myself, I have nothing good to say, but through the power of your spirit, I ask that you speak through me, give to your people what they need here today, and we thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want to talk to you about prevailing church, and I have this, I don't have a PowerPoint, but I have this globe, and and, uh, I've always had... Uh, the harvest on my heart. Uh, my wife and I attended Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas, and uh, it's Christ for the Nations, and it's a strong emphasis on global missions. And uh, and and myself and my wife have been over a dozen countries preaching the gospel. Uh, all these flags represent either people that were saved in that country that have attended our church, or many mission trips we have taken. And and then I think where we're at today. And as a church, and then the reason I have this globe, I think of the Great Commission. How many have heard of this, the name, the Great Commission, that phrase? And it's in uh, Mark 16, 15, Acts 1, 8, you shall be my witnesses, Mark 13, 10, all nations. And, uh, <clears throat> and I think about that, and, and I think about uh, the Great Commission that, how many know that's not done away with? It's still the Great Commission. And each church has a, its own vision and mission. And we're an equipping church, an empowering church based on Ephesians 4. And our mission statement is very simple, to do what it takes to reach and disciple people for Christ. And if we do something for a period of time and years and, uh, and it seems like, well, uh, we think it's maybe lost the grace for that, we quit. We don't marry those things like some churches say, we've done it this way forever and we're going to, we don't do that. Because how many know if the horse is dead, you got to dismount? Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we'll constantly be finding the direction what the Lord wants for us uh, next. And uh, there are certain things that uh, I like that are consistent. It doesn't mean we're all over the map, but in the sense of for the gospel, I really have a passion, and my wife and I, to see uh, not just our city, come on which needs prayer in, in our state and then our nation, God help our country, but even globally. I just see that there are those that have never heard the gospel, and we hear it week in and week out. They need the gospel, and so this has not gone away, the Great Commission, globally. Uh, my text, uh, Matthew 16, 18, and I tell you that you are Peter, the Lord speaking to him, and on this rock, of revelation, how many know it's the rock of revelation, yep. not Peter, even though it's a great uh, uh, minister, 
an apostle, but the rock of revelation of the kingdom, I will build my church. Somebody shout church. That's you. That's the ecclesia, the called out ones. And he says the gates of hell will not overcome it. I love that. Will not. If you ever feel like you're discouraged, you can read that and go, the gates of hell will not prevail and overcome your life. Amen? It's the church. And so I, I, I like this statement about a prevailing church. A prevailing church is a biblically functioning community that accomplishes, watch this, God's purposes for it from generation to generation. We have a lot of kids here. In 50 years, I'll be dead. Many of you be gone. I know that was a great star opener there. <laughs> but it's true, right? We're not going to live forever. I'm 57. I'll be 58 here in September. And the clock keeps ticking. We got to keep thinking about the Great Commission and furthering what God has for your children's children. Can you say amen? That's how we have to think. I don't mean to be morbid or depressing, but I will, I'm not going to live forever on this earth, but I will live forever eternally because of what Jesus Christ did. Can you say amen? So that always must be in the forefront of our mind, even though we're in a beautiful new building, and it's amazing uh, just uh, how it is and looks, and it just functions for us. Finally, it's our building. But this building, no, it's not an idol. It's an edifice for God amen. to honor him. Can you say amen? And so... <clears throat> Uh, the, the Great Commission, I really believe, should be the center, the center of what God has for harvest. But it's sadly that some churches, they've lost sight of what God has called them to. And I don't mean this to be critical, but just some, they add teachings of men and, and, and uh, they, they become social clubs. Now, I know there is a social component about church, and many people come to church just because of that. But if we can get you in, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> you can just slide right in. Amen. That's okay. You know, we welcome you. Some looking for a husband. Some looking for a wife. That's okay. There's plenty here. And they'll be it's like, well, no, there isn't, Pastor. Well, you don't know next week who's going to show up. Come on, somebody. Or especially when we do missions trips. I've done a lot of weddings for couples that are on missions trips, and they come back like, we're getting married. <laughs> and so it's a great way. It's a great way to meet somebody. But it's more than that. The church is more than a social club. Can I get an amen? amen? And some, they mix teachings, other religions, which is sad. And, and then there's churches that, you know, they do good things. And we believe doing good things, not out of a works mindset. But we're not called to be a do-good organization. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? amen. And some, they go tip to the other end. And I, I've been involved with churches. They get pharisaical. They're legalistic and they weigh people down with more and more rules and regulation. And, and some just have quit preaching the gospel at all. Yep. Nothing. It's just a big social club, and, and they water down the message and, because they want to make it socially acceptable for the lost, you know, to come in. And, um, but Jesus said that his church would be a prevailing church. Can you say amen? Here's the thing. I want Church of the Harvest to be a prevailing church from generation to generation. I really do. And, and, and that's my wife and I's heart, a prevailing church. And I believe that's the heart of the leadership here in the church, a prevailing church. And, and, and Jesus said in Mark, Matthew 16, 18, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock of revelation I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And so a couple of characteristics about a prevailing church, there's a lot more, but just for the sake of today, a prevailing church shall overcome. Somebody shout overcome. 
I like that. A prevailing church is a church that the gates of hell will not overcome. So I looked that up. It actually means they won't conquer. It won't prevail. It won't withstand that type of church. In other words, it's one translation says it, that prevailing church, the enemy will not get the upper hand. And many times when you look at what goes on in the body of Christ and some things, you start to wonder, wow, it seems like Satan has the upper hand in that. No, God said it will not get the upper hand. Amen. Now, how many know that <clears throat> uh, the last two years globally has been extremely difficult? I mean, you got to step back and look. I mean, I remember times I was around back in the 70s and seeing some of the crisis back then. And then the 80s. And, you know, we have it now for especially young couples to go buy a house. You got, you've got 12 people battling, paying cash for a house that young people can't even get a house. I mean, I, I think I heard a statistic that's close to 15 million homes are needed right now in this nation. <clears throat> in the 1980s, I thought I'd never own a house. My dad had a, a raised ranch, kind of a walk-in, a split level is what they call it. And there was, there was 10 of us in that. You know, the guys, five guys in one room and, you know, the, the three girls in the other room. And, and we survived. We survived. We didn't have our own. We had our own bed, but we, we survived. We didn't have our own spot. My, my point is, is, is that it's been, it's been difficult. And then now, I mean, I remember interest rates being 15%, 18%. I'm never going to own a home. Well, by God's goodness and grace, I've owned five homes and built them. And, and so, you know, you need to have hope for the future. All right? You need to have hope. And, and we need more houses built. Just thought I'd throw that out. But the gates of hell will not prevail. And it's been very difficult, very chaotic. And, 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 and with a lot of chaos. And, but here's the thing. You're still here today. You made it, right? You made it past COVID, whatever variant. And, and you're still here. Now, some didn't, and, and those that knew the Lord, they're with the Lord. How many of you know we're not promised tomorrow? No, we're not. All right? That we are to live for the Lord daily. And so, but here's the thing. A prevailing church is a church, and with Satan and all his demons, they work very hard to try to destroy that type of church. Mm -hmm. They really do. And, uh, but the Bible says they're not going to be able to overcome it. Why? Because Jesus Christ is its foundation, is its head. Can you say Amen. That's a prevailing church. It's a church that stands throughout the years and expands God's kingdom. It's this church that makes a difference in people's lives. I love that. A church that wins people to Christ, that influences his culture by changing people from the inside out. Somebody say amen. amen. And now that's a tall order that when that's fleshed out. That's a very tall order. But how many know with God, all things are possible? With God, all things are possible. So a, pre a prevailing church is an overcoming church. And that's my desire, my wife and I, that we would have a prevailing church. It isn't that the last 20 years we didn't prevail. We did. I believe we have. But I want us to continue. I'm looking in the future. Amen. Amen? Looking in the future. The second thing I would say, a prevailing church offends Satan deeply. Or I should say it this way. A prevailing church should offend Satan. Yes. Amen. And causes him to rise up strongly against it. And Satan will always fight a prevailing church. And, and I thought about that. It's like, well, how does Satan fight a prevailing church? It, he doesn't do it by sending his demons around physically. His little imps. Uh, we don't see demons running around in the church. Or sometimes I go back and I, I, I look through the cameras here. And, 
and you know, there's a security system, and we got all that beautifully, and it's like, oh, okay, the church is locked up, the lights are off, or whatever, and I don't see little imps or beings running around and go, man, there's those demons again running around. <laughs> kind of, you know, you know what, usher, security, call Ghostbusters, because we got some of these crazy demons around, and catch that demon, because he's running around making a mess. How many hear what I'm trying to say? That doesn't happen. Why? Because the enemy works through, sadly, people. He works through people. And so it, it would be easier to send the security team with a cage and a little cheese and catch that little demon. Amen? It would be easier. Because then I would hold it up here and go, I, we got him. <laughs> we, we, we got him. And, you know, we'll just destroy him out there. And we're done with that issue. How many hear what I'm saying? It's not that way. The enemy, he works through he works through situations and where he has ground, or I can say it this way, where he has permission or authority to influence the life of somebody. How many with me say amen? amen. And so and many times it starts out innocently, or, or at times it, can be, it starts out with a, a righteous cause and a righteous beginning. Now I'm going to share something with you, and, and this isn't a, a, a judgment, just an observation and some things because it's been brought up to me about a, a, addressing and and some of you may not know anything about this, but, but it's actually globally. We hear about the recent allegations of Hillsong in the Hillsong Church and, and, and the music and, and with Brian Houston. And I've been to conferences with him and heard him speak and I've read books and uh, amazing, amazing Christian man. Uh, but we know that Hillsong's been the most popular name in Christian worship for more than two, two, two almost three decades. And Hillsong Network of Churches has planted congregations in 30 uh, 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 countries and since it was founded in 1983 in Australia. They say that the global membership is over 150,000 between all of what's there in Australia and then even now in America and, and in Europe and even in Ukraine and in and, 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 and Africa and, and South Africa. And, but we know a bunch of scandals have rocked the movement in the last few years. And, and recently, just last week, uh, Pastor Brian, he resigned and and, and just all this alleging cover-up and things like that. And, and he even admits, too, that he said it was so much pressure. Uh, he had to, he just took too much alcohol to cope, and, and it got out of control. Uh, I'm going to just say this. I'm not going to hammer this, but you need to, you need to watch your drinking. Okay? You know, the Bible says to be drunk is a sin. And everybody who drinks, every once in a while, drinks a little too much. Say amen, oh me. And so I'm not going to be mean, nasty about all that. And I, I know people drink. I don't. I choose not to. My wife and I, and, and I don't believe I'm more higher spiritual than anybody else. I'm not saying that at all. Please hear me. But I'm just saying that Satan comes to destroy lives. Okay? <laughs> I mean, if you, if you drink a case and a half of Coke every day, you're going to have an issue. Okay? So, but understand my heart. And so, so uh, you know, I just think, wow, the enemy, he just got in, tripped that up, and it's so sad. I, I don't, you know, hey, listen, there go I, but by the grace of God. That's my, I don't have a haughtier than thou, I don't, I'm not judging him and, you know, pounding the pulpit. No, my heart breaks for it. Because why? God wants us to have a prevailing church. That's why we need to stick together as men and women of faith and help one another. Amen. But specifically, some things that I kind of read about, and I just thought, oh, I just let me share these real quickly and kind of get on what I want to share. But how to re respond is because some have asked. Um, it, number one, it's okay to grieve. It's a sad situation. But here's the thing. Uh, I remember, and I'm old enough, 
so I'm going to date myself. Some of you remember the big scandals in 1987 and 88 with Jimmy Swagger. Come on now. I was in Bible school at the time. So I mean, oh, Jimmy who? You don't, I mean, he had a global ministry in Louisiana. Famous singer. Made $100 million just on his records. And he was, a, you know, Assemblies of God minister and truly anointed of God and got into some stuff. And I was going to be in Bible school reeling going, I'm studying for the ministry here. And what's the future of the church? The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And then even a few years later, Jim Baker, the 700 Club. This is all 35 years ago. I've been through it. Some of you shaking your heads. goes, yep, I understand. Many of you, you know, you know that. But it's still, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to grieve. And we don't have to live in denial. It's an ugly scandal. Pretend it didn't happen. You know, sadly, people sometimes bring reproach upon the church because of their own, their own sins. But the prophet Jeremiah wrote an entire book on Lamentations about the sins of Israel. And he says this in Lamentations. It's in the Old Testament. Chapter 5, verse 16. He said, the crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. But then he said in verse 21, restore us to you, O Lord, that we may be restored. I mean, you know, God is a God of restoration. And so grieving should lead us to hope. Okay, we have hope. Second thing is we don't need to throw out the good you know, with the bad. Amen? All the good that Hillsong has done and, and the networks of smaller congregations and for over 40 years and what they did, uh, the, how they spread the gospel in their nation and even globally and, and the impact of, uh, has been nothing short of phenomenal. My Hillsong's worship course is sung by estimated 50 million Christians in 60 languages. How I many know oh, that's profound? I mean, we see, hear some of the songs, what a beautiful name. Jesus, so will I, Hosanna to the King. And how I remember, it's a darling check back in the 1990s, shout to the Lord. I mean, this stuff that will never leave us, it's okay. Those were good, those were anointed, hang on to them, can you say amen? We don't have to cancel church just because something, you know, happens. Or those songs, just because some leaders, you know, made mistakes. Paul told the Thessalonians... And 1 Thessalonians 5.21, hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Hold on to the good. Abstain from the evil. Can I get an amen? And so uh, the third thing quickly, we need to learn from the mistakes. And um, uh, there, I've had mentors in my life and they've taught me uh, about God and leadership and ministry. But I was always the guy growing up that monkey see, monkey do. How many of you have ever heard that? So I would watch people, and if someone would come back drunk, throwing up, horrible, off a hangover, I would go, that doesn't sound fun to me. I don't want that. So, I, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I just, I don't, as a man, I don't do well with pain. I could never handle being a woman. They are greater than me. Because to have a baby, come on, somebody, to go through all that, God bless the women. Amen? That was pretty quiet for the men here. God bless the women. I mean, they're, they're troopers. I, I just, oh, I couldn't handle that. But, uh, uh, you know, I've kind of learned a lot from watching the mistakes that others make. Amen. That saved me a boatload of heartache. I know that it's simple in terms there, but it's profound. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. If someone hurts you, make, make a mental, mental note of that. And what I mean by that, have the attitude, you know what, that's not the way I want to treat people. Amen? <clears throat> and so we can actually turn our disappointments into blessings, and we can learn from them. 
That's what God wants. And so, <clears throat> so maybe there's something we can learn afresh and anew from all of this really heartbreaking to pursue humility. Uh, how many know we're not after celebrity status? Oh, let me say that again. We are not after celebrity status, fame. If I can get more hits, if I can, amen, or stardom. Now, in fairness, I do once in a while go, how many people watch that sermon, you know? <laughs> and when they say 10, I go, all right, God keeps me humble. <laughs> so I just don't watch it anymore. <laughs> Most of the time. Pray for those who have been hurt. Pray for, pray for, I really, I've, I've in the last few weeks just prayed for the, the ministry there and just, I don't have this get on a pedestal and, uh, you know, who they think they are. Well, you know, they never really, you know, and there's a whole series out, three videos on in what happened there and, and, and I've seen it and <clears throat> you have to, it's really sad. It's really sad and, and, and I'm not glossing over anything and, but my point is, is that for all of this here, I think these are some steps we should take. But know this, a prevailing church, which I really believe that God really was done at the beginning with Hillsong, uh, the enemy has come in. That's why we need to be uh, wise and we need to use wisdom. Can you say amen? So we pray they find grace and forgive and that they, they can begin afresh and anew. Um, and I desire Harvest to be a prevailing church. Someone once said, a great commitment to the great commission and to the great commandment will produce a great church. I like that. I like that. And, and that's the, I really have that in my heart and our, our passion for the focus. And so I, I want really, my desire is that Church of Harvest be a, a great church. And we, my wife and I, are willing to make a great commitment in order for that to happen. And we're, we have over the last 23 years. We're still here. I know some of you wish, one time I shared, uh, shared this, that, and, and the gentleman that asked me this, he didn't have any answer in anything. He said, well, Pastor Mike, when did they ask you to leave? <laughs> I don't know. I was the first one that showed up in the living room, so. <laughs> With three women, 23 years ago, and here we are today. Amen? Amen. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'm just saying, I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm uh, indispensable. No, I don't have that at all. I don't have that attitude at all. Uh, I'm just saying that we're still here. And we have a, we, we've made a commitment, my wife and I. Amen? And so, so another thing I would say, what kind of faith exists in a prevailing church? And I thought this was an important point. Uh, it's, a, it's a church that actually by faith believes that Jesus Christ truly is Lord. Amen. Now, right there, we, most of us resound and go, well, yeah, okay, no kidding. That's not, that's not how uh, a lot of churches think. And that Jesus is the only way, that's right. the truth, and the life. I didn't say that. Yeah. He said that. He is the only way. Ooh, that seems like it really separates. It sure does. Because yeah. Jesus is the only one that came, that died, that rose, that paid, that is God overall. Can you say amen? amen? You know, the Bonner Research Study shows that the extent of Christian commitment in this nation in America, it says that more than 150, there's over 330-something million in this country, 150 million Americans say that they have professed faith in Christ you think about that. He goes on to say, this impressive number begs the question of how well this commitment is expressed. He goes on to say, Americans, dedication to Jesus is, in most cases, a mile wide and an inch deep, but not for harvest. Amen? amen. Not for harvest. Amen? We're not a mile wide and an inch deep. Can you say amen? Matthew 16, 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, 
Still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? Well, it really is personalized right there. <clears throat> and he asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. Amen. See, prevailing churches consist of people who really understand that Jesus Christ is Lord. That he really is the only way, the truth, to life. Can you say amen? amen? Others, they asked, they were religious people. John the Baptist and Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. And uh, There are similarities, we know that. But uh, Jesus and Peter had the faith to tell the truth. To tell the truth, is, even though it may not be socially acceptable, that not all roads lead to Rome. How many know what I mean by that? That all faiths together and, and something kind of an Oprah wimp. Winfrey, kind of a hodgepodge, and, and God understands that, no, Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Amen. I will die believing that and preaching that. Amen? And so, <clears throat> I don't mean to be mean ugly about that, but he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to heaven but and except through me. Jesus said that. And, and I, so it really boils down, as I wind down here, about faith in God's word. And the issue, really, when we talk about prevailing churches, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Now, I'm going to share something here. And once again, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be on a pedestal here because I kind of dug into this a little bit. And it kind of challenged me a little bit. But let's just, and I don't mean to rock your boat. I'm not trying to, oh, I don't want people going out having a fit and a conniption and all that. But how many have seen the Chosen series? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm really going to get myself in trouble. But the Chosen series, I think, is, is great. And, and I have wept watching it. It's anointed. It's anointed. I've wept watching it. And uh, Dallas Jenkins is the evangelical. And, uh, but, you know, there's this teaching that he kind of aligned with the Mormon church. And there's some of that that's out there. And Latter-day Saints. And, and they raised, I think, through crowdfunding, $10 million, more than any agency to help bring money in that. And, but let me just say, I've been moved by the series. I've been tremendously moved by it, but he has this alignment with uh, the Mormon church. And, and if you know anything about the Mormon doctrine, and once again, not being mean and ugly, and, and who Jesus is, and, and that's, a, that's a, another whole message. And it's not the Jesus of the Bible. Sorry to say, but that's not, it's not the Jesus of the Bible. So, so I'm just saying that we need to be wise. Watch this. The Bible says, be wise as serpents and harmless and innocent as doves. I hate snakes, okay? But the Bible says, be wise. The snake's cunning. It knows. It goes, knows it's sneaky. It goes around. But it, it's like, what do you mean by that? It actually means to be shrewd, be subtle, be understanding, use wisdom, but also be innocent. And I like how one commentator says, we can advance the kingdom of God effectively without becoming predatory ourselves, avoiding the snares uh, set out for us. And he says, to be Christ-like in a godless world, we must combine the wisdom of the serpent and the harmlessness of a dove. That's actually in there. And I thought, well, that's an interesting take on all that. But Jesus said that. We need to use wisdom and watch and know and discernment. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. So that may be a little bit challenging for some of you. But um, <clears throat> let me just say this in conclusion here. Uh, the last days, and I really believe in prevailing churches uh, they speak and live like they know the truth, that Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, in the life. Amen? Amen. And, and that's what he taught. 
But one of the things, especially as, as charismatics or Pentecostals or however, full gospel, we're a full gospel church, we believe that the greatest days of harvest are ahead of us. Amen. And I, I believe that, all right? Stand, stand with me if you would, please. Yeah. But I, I really believe that. But I also want to, I want to temper as we conclude here and pray. But I just want to temper. The last days, the first thing that Jesus said, now watch this. They came out of his mouth and the disciples like, how do we know the signs? What are the signs of the last day? Jesus, watch this, didn't say revival. He said deception. The last days will be indicative. You'll know. How many know we, this society, it is deception that is rampant. Why? Why? It makes sense to me. See, if there was a pocket, and how I remember the revivals that we've experienced. I mean, Pensacola, Amira Lee is part of our church. She was part of the 1996 outbreak of 10,000 people would show up at the church, salvations, uh, amazing things. There was a revival in Canada back when uh, the Pentecostalism was a resurgence with the baptism and the gifts. Uh, it was in Azusa Street in, in 1903, 1906, for three years, spread throughout the world globally. And so as charismatic Pentecostals, we believe that there's a tremendous harvest coming. Satan also knows that. That's right. So how do you thwart something like that? You have to litter society with deception and confusion. What, what's, what's, what's the right way? What's truth? Who's telling the truth? What, you know, you Google, is that true? I really, and it's wrong. Oh, man, you feel like a fool. Come on, somebody. You, you click and paste and post something, and then you find out that wasn't true. And you can't even trust Snoops. They're crazy. I mean, <clears throat> how many hear what I'm saying? But, but, but Jesus said the last days, this is the sign. Take heed that no one deceives you. That, that's the sign. Are people coming in? You better believe it. But people are coming in full of so many attachments of what the world has done. Things that, that, that many times it's going to be appealing away. Spending time praying, discipling them, and allowing the Holy Spirit to bring victory over their minds. How many hear what I'm saying? And, you know, and so the days where, and I grew up in it. I grew up in tent revivals. I'm the tail end. Some of you remember with the Tent what? Back in the 50s. I wasn't born till 64, but I traveled with a tent evangelist when I was 15 years old. Brother Reynolds. He spent time in the Marine Corps. He had a tremendous tent ministry. Had healings, signs and wonders. And so we'd have all these 18-wheelers, and my dad said, yeah, you can go for a summer, travel with them all throughout New England. And so he had like, I don't know, like 12 kids. I mean, they had a lot of kids back then. That's okay to have a lot of kids. Amen. But, but I mean, like, so all of the kids helped set up the tent. And I went with them and, and learned a lot, you know, about the kids. And, and so we would set up the tent, and, and it would be hot, hot days. I remember being in Vermont. I remember being in Maine. I remember being in New Hampshire. Beautiful places. And, and then we would, in the morning, he'd have a large table. This was all, well, this, is, this is bringing back. All, they'd have a huge table, and he would sit at the head of the table. And the only thing we would have is Wheaties. Because Wheaties was all he would eat. So we all ate Wheaties. <laughs> You know, man, you talk about the strong leadership. And I remember I needed more than one bowl. Come on, somebody. And I remember raising my hand, and I said, uh, Brother Reynolds, can I have a second bowl? Everyone went, looked at me like, are you nuts? You asked that question? He said, sure. <laughs> so I think they got permission. It was a great time. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that experience when I saw just literally hundreds of people come forward and crying and 
throwing their cigarettes, throwing their drug paraphernalia down, and people saved, and people with deaf ears hearing. I'm like, what's going on? So impacted my life. But you see, God did that then. Tents are okay. Amen. They're fun. We've done it on and off. But what does God do? God is working through the local church. He's working through people, you and I. And he's reaching, he's reaching the lost by the local church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. 2 Timothy 3, 1 said, but understand this, in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Now, I know I shared last week, I think about, I can't wait to sit out in the back here sometime in June and July and all the sod is in. Come on. And you hear the sprinkler going off and all the birds are chirping. The other morning, I heard the birds chirping. I'm like, how can the birds be chirping? It's still snowing out, you know? The birds are fighting it. They're even fighting it, saying, you know what, it's coming. But there's going to be times of difficulty. And I said this, I said, storms don't last forever. Amen? And so for people, though, it's the, the Bible says this will be indicative. They'll be lovers of self. Wow. Lovers of money. Proud. Arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless. Oh, it keeps going on. Unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not good. It keeps going on. Treacherous. This is pretty heavy stuff. But it's in the Bible. Treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. Oh, dear God. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness. Uh Uh-oh. But denying its power. Avoid such people. Every head bowed, please. That's some heavy stuff. But you know I'm committed to preaching the truth of God's word. Is there a tremendous harvest coming in? You better believe it. Because people are awakening. They're awakening into their senses and recognizing, you know what? This is insanity. As things get darker and darker, light works best in darkness. But know this, that deception is going to be the mark of the last days. There's a tremendous harvest that is upon us. I believe that. And God has called Church for the Harvest. That's you. That's me. That's all of you to be a part of that end time harvest. It's a time where people, I believe, are coming in, 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 in mass to God's kingdom. But also know this, rampant deception. Why? Because Satan is in total panic mode. He's in total panic mode. And he wants to take as many to hell as he can. And you know what? As long as we're here and harvest is here, we're not going to let that happen in our watch. Amen? So with every head bowed, you hear this morning, say, Pastor, I'm not all in. I'm not, I mean, wow, this is a little heavy here this morning, but I'm not right with Jesus. You know it. I don't have to list, hammer all sins, no. You just know you're not right with God. Today is a beautiful day, sir, man, young person, for you to get right with the Lord. So what do I need to do? You need to surrender your life to God. You have that authority. God has given you that permission to give your life to Him. It's like, well, I've prayed a prayer, and well, has it changed your life? Well, no, not really. Maybe you haven't truly, totally surrendered your life to Christ. If you say, Pastor, I want that. I want today to be the last day of me in the new day and new beginning of Jesus in my life. If that's you here this morning, I want to invite you to pray this prayer between you and yourself. As we pray corporately, I usually ask the church to do this in unison. You're not, if you're born again and you pray the prayer, you don't become born again again. No, those of you who have not, just join with us this morning. You're not joining this church, but you're joining God's family, you're surrendering your life. If that's you, let's pray together and say that they say, Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Jesus, 
I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, I will live for you all the days of my life. Amen. It's a simple prayer, but it's a very costly prayer. And if you meant that, God's spirit went into your spirit, man or woman, and you're born again. And we want to help you on your journey. We want to help you grow in your faith. We want to help you as a couple, as an individual, as a single, as a young person. We want to help you grow in your faith. Amen, church. Amen. I want to invite the altar workers to come forward. And uh, they're here uh, to pray for you, to minister to you. Some of you may need uh, something that was shared this morning, stirred within you. You need additional prayer. They are safe people. They're here to minister life to you, anoint you with oil, as the Bible says in James. And uh, whatever it may be uh, for you here this morning, they are here for you. Let me bless you. Father, I thank you for each and every person. Those that have tuned in online, speak a blessing over each and every person here. I pray even particularly and specifically for the marriages in this church. There's a tremendous demonic onslaught of the enemy. Because if he knows if he can destroy a marriage, he can mess up the family. We're not going to have that in Jesus' name. And so we serve you notice. Come on, church. Satan, in Jesus' name, the church will harvest be known as strong, solid families. Not perfect, not without difficulties, not without struggles, not without, you know, heavy things they got to deal with. But families that stay together, that commit, that go through hell and high water. But greater is he that is in them than he that's in the world. Lord, that's what I pray. I pray you strengthen them. And I release just the spirit of hope on this congregation. And Lord, that we would remember that we are to put on that garment of praise. Knowing that deception is out there. Lies are out there. That we speak to those thoughts in Jesus' name. And that we cast down those imaginations in the name of Jesus. That's what the God says. I just feel the Lord saying that. To say that again. You are to cast down imagination. Sometimes we carry stuff. It just flows on us and we carry it into work. We carry it in our life. And it's an imagination. It's a tool of the enemy. And that's where you got to cast that off and rebuke that off of your family. Say, no, and I will not think that way. That's where praise comes in. That's where worship. And you'll find out the enemy, he backs away. He backs away. God is speaking to people right now. I just really feel that. The Holy Spirit is here. I want to encourage you to receive prayer here this morning. We're just going to dim the lights here as we close off in worship. And, and uh, please, fellowship, hang around. Go out there into the, uh, uh, the lobby area and, and just enjoy each other. But for those of you who want ministry here, just feel free to come forward now. God bless you as you come. Thank you.